Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second half of the two-hour Ghost Chronicles radio. I, have to, I don't even know how to say that anymore. I am Ron Kolick, your host, New England's <laughs> own Van Helsink. And with us, yes, she is with us, the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. Here I am. <laughs> surviving. Surviving. Yeah, surviving. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh. Must be the virus. Must be. Must be. Yeah. Got a little, got a little hectic last week. Uh, you know, I, we, uh, I work within a school, a high school, and uh, as everybody knows, everybody's freaking out about kids going back to school right now. So there was a lot of things we had to cover last week. So, no show for me. Lots Bravo. of boring meetings. <laughs> but I'm back. Yep. Anyway, back. so we have a good show today because we're going to talk about rocks and stuff. Rocks. I love rocks. I know you do. Anyways, <laughs> we have as our guest today, Sharon uh, Britton, I hopefully pronounced that right, of High Springs Eporium. Hopefully I got that all right. Emporium. Yeah, so close. Not uh, Sharon, are you, are you with us? <laughs> yes, I am. Well, Hi. thank you for joining us tonight. Hi, Sharon. Hi. <laughs> Ron kills everything, so, you yeah. know. Excuse me? Yeah, he kills everybody's name. It's everybody. okay. It's a, it's a, he got my name matter. right. It is Sharon Britton, and I have a rock shop, the High Springs Emporium, and I've been working with rocks and minerals for many, many years. So, i got to ask you this. You're not like a geologist or anything, right? Believe it or not, I mean, my son is a geologist. He was going into rock shops with me from the time he was in the womb. But when I was uh-huh. in college, I was, at that point, more interested in biological science. And oh, wow. I started collecting rocks when I was a kid because it's just so much fun. Oh, yeah. And they're I... so beautiful. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to so say, I... I got... <laughs> I'll shut my mouth and let you talk, and then I'll answer yeah, Sharon, it's not your fault. There's a little bit of delay when you're on a phone versus Skype, so it's uh, okay. That's what Got happens. It. Yeah, that's not a problem. I don't usually use right. Skype, so I'm not familiar with how it works. Yeah, no problem. And what were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say that I I also love rocks and collect rocks, and uh, they they are really fascinating. Mm-hmm. They truly are. I know you know people love them for all kinds of reasons. In the store, we get, you know, scientists, mineral collectors, geologists, metaphysical folk, light workers, pagan people, everybody. And this is one place where pretty much everybody can come together. Something we might need about this time. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. And uh, to throw my two cents in this is, is, you know, I have a degree in environmental science. And part of my studies, of course, was uh, geology and uh after I, I did graduate, I had my own uh, company, which provided uh, 
materials, teaching materials at schools and colleges, and we had collections of rocks that we sold as well as uh, uh, different minerals and so forth, and the, the hardness tests and all those cool little things. Nice. Yeah, so I guess we're all rock hounds. <laughs> Sounds good to me, because there's just such an infinite variety in how to work with them, how to study them, and how to use them. I can tell you, you know, from my experience in my store that probably, you know, a significant number of our clients and customers do like to use the rocks for their own metaphysical practices. Yeah, so we're going to get into that because that's an intriguing part of it. You, you know, we, uh, everybody has a different take on rocks, but it's, I mean, when you think about it, we, we used to have pet rocks, right, back in the day? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I have a whole house full of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you don't have so, to feed them, so that's easier than a dog or a cat. This is true. true. So, how did you get into the uh, opening your shop and all that? Where you made that jump from the biological to well, you know, it was in a, in a certain sense. You know, sometimes, you know, life just unfolds and things happen, and you can mm -hmm. walk through the door or not. It's always your choice. But I was in a position where I was, I you know, have always had the rocks in my collection. And I had just finished working a job because I spent a lot of time in my life doing good and noble social service jobs. And I was working with the AID network, developing oh, yeah. a program for parent-child education and AIDS prevention. And that was fine until the network dissolved itself and I was jobless. Ouch. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And my brother opened, he bought some property in High Springs, in a little bitty town in north central Florida. And it's a beautiful place. It has more first magnitude springs than probably anywhere else in the world. So those are really <laughs> wonderful. But it's not very big. And he bought a little place with an old building that used to be a Quonset hut from World War II. And he wanted a store there. What store should I have? He asked me. I said, why don't you call it the Emporium? That means you can sell anything. <laughs> so we called it the High Springs Emporium, and he went in, and he filled it all up with stuff and put gardens out front and all of those things. And he asked me if I wanted to take a little corner and bring in my rock cell. So I thought, you know, why not? Nothing else to do. That, you know, <laughs> let's try it. So I brought them in, and to make a could-be-very-long story short, the rocks did really well. People loved them. People wanted them. There nice. were no rock shops, especially one where you could get really good collector kinds of minerals rather than tumbled stones and those sorts of things. So mm -hmm. that was big fun, and my brother and his wife decided they weren't happy in North Florida and they wanted to move back to Southwest Florida. So he said, you know, here, if you want and you can make a profit, then you can have... I'll just sign the business over to you. Wow. No problem. Nice. Nice so brother. I made a profit yeah. the first year. Great. Store was going really well. I built a beautiful inventory of wonderful things. And as I was getting ready to get the paperwork together to get the business, it burned to the ground. Oh. oh. Well, oh. Crackle, crackle. And this is very unpleasant. And I uh -huh. wasn't sure what I was going to do because, you know, people say, oh, well, they were rocks. They didn't get hurt in the fire, did they? Right. And since both of you know a little bit about this, you can probably guess what happens to a quartz crystal when it's 
heat it up to several thousand oh, degrees, and then no. people spray cold yeah. water on it. Uh, and it yeah. is pretty. So I ended up saying, I'm going to walk. I found another building in High Springs. All my vendors and the people that you know had supported me, brought stuff in and said, here, pay us for these when you sell them. So I started off with that and built it back up into what was a thriving business. Wow. (laughs) And, you know, I changed my, the logo was the owl and we changed it to the phoenix. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, rising and from the flames. Oh, that's awesome. Shop. Perfect. Yeah. Way out in the country, I was able to buy the property that the store was on. And there's about, I guess, you know, shy of an acre's worth of old growth trees and camellia bushes and in the back gardens. And we put up a labyrinth made out of agatized coral, which is native to north central Florida. So if people tell you there aren't any rocks in Florida. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And... We've been rocking and rolling there ever since. So we get all kinds of people that come from pretty much, you know, we've had people from all over the world come into the store. So where do you collect your stones from? Where do I collect them? Well, all over the place. I have friends who are vendors, and they're the ones who go out in country. They'll go out Mm -hmm. to Ethiopia or Mali or climb the mountains in Colorado to dig and mine. And these people are wonderful. And if I were about 30 years younger, I'd be right there with them. <laughs> but I can't do that at this particular point. So we do all kinds of things. Rock people, you know, trade amongst themselves. There are wonderful wholesale rock and mineral shows all over the place. Every year we go out to Tucson, and I spend about three weeks out there seeing my friends from all over the world and finding some pretty amazing things that I can then bring back and share with people. Mm-hmm. So it works out uh, pretty well. Yeah. We have a uh, a friend here in uh, Newburyport, Mass, uh, our, our traders, and, and she has a rock shop like that as well. And, and that's what she does. She goes out and uh, she started with her father going out to Arizona and collecting uh, rocks and uh, also fossils and stuff like that. So it's a fascinating uh, trade, and a lot of people really enjoy it. And, and they love holding rocks for some reason, rocks, stones, and crystals. They really do. Well, you know, this is what I think. A rock or a mineral or a crystal, which is a specific form of a mineral, you know, that, you know, is where they form very elegantly based on a certain geometrical form. It makes a matrix, and then the crystal forms that way. And when you hold Mm -hmm. them, I mean, there are many, many people who strongly feel and believe that they can receive and transmit energy through the rocks and minerals, particularly crystals, quartz crystals being probably the most popular one for these kinds of uses. When you hold Mm -hmm. them in your hand, they're solid. You can feel them. They're real. Mm -hmm. So you can make tangible your thoughts, your ideas, your prayers, your wishes, and it helps you to remember them. It helps you to build what I would call, you know, the energy around your idea so you can help to manifest it and bring it into reality. And for some people, holding rocks and minerals, or, you know, if I have people who fill up their bras and pockets with them, (laughs) makes you feel, (laughs) yeah. All right, sorry, Sharon, go ahead. Go ahead. Protected and energized. So 
you know, people use them for all kinds of reasons. And if you have any questions about that, I'd be glad to answer. So, <laughs> you know, you do you see that in so many things. I mean, you go to any any uh, shop uh, anywhere, really, and basically they'll have just stones with inspirational sayings painted on them or, or etched on them or, or something. Uh, you have uh, things like Anne makes. Anne makes these pillows of rocks. What do they call those, Anne? I call them Zen Cairns. Zen Cairns, okay. There nice. you go. So you put yeah. the so, rocks inside the pillows so people can lie on them? Yes. <laughs> and there's, there's I don't. And but... <laughs> so they don't poke you in the neck? <laughs> I make like a... Um, you know, like a cairn, like a like a trail marker. You know. Okay. Yes. It's stack stacked rocks, right. and um, uh, I usually put something on the top. I'll put a like a a, a shell, or a, a shell fragment, mm-hmm. or any number of things like to hold incense or a candle. I'll put that on the very top. Like I glue them, I glue them together, no. so you can and- meditate or. Or just light a candle, or you know, whatever, whatever makes you happy. And, and that's very popular. You you see that in a lot of places. You see that, like on the beach, you'll see people stack yep. up stones and, and leave them there. You'll see them in country trails. Uh, people stack stones, and and we tend to do this with. We have an an attraction to stones, rocks, and crystals. It's it's amazing, but for some reason, and I think it is, it's something solid, something you can hold and something you can build. Uh, it, it's a piece of you that you leave somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's right. There are people who like to work with crystals, particularly quartz, again, by mm-hmm. putting their own energy into the crystal, meditating with it, so that they can then send that energy to somewhere, someone else. And... This can be fascinating to play with. And I did once, I had a group of women, and they would come into the store on a regular basis, and I would go to see them when I do my uh, summer tours and travel all over the country. And it was a group of women that did rituals on the solstices and the equinoxes and gathered together and really loved and enjoyed one another's company. And these women all live near Atlanta, Georgia. And every year in Atlanta, Georgia, they have a big, huge trade show. And this is one of the largest trade shows in the company for stores to come and buy all their stuff from furniture to clothes, tchotchkes, whatever it is you want, you can find it there. It's housed mm-hmm. in two 15-story buildings with sky bridges in between. That's wow. Oh, wow. And they worked at one of the uh, larger vendors, and it was really easy because, I mean, the place is mobbed by people who've come up from all over the country to buy their stuff for their store. And they would not, they'd need to find one another, and they wouldn't be able to find one another. So we decided we would try this, and I had a lot of crystals, the ones that come from Brazil that are called Lemurian seed crystals. Oh, I don't yes. know if you all have heard of those, but mm-hmm. they're quite famous in metaphysical circles. Yes, I have and, one, actually. Excellent. They're really good for being both receptive and for connecting with one another. So we had everybody received one about the same size, had everyone meditate with them. And I said, okay, when you go back to the market, which is going to happen in a couple of weeks, take these crystals and put them in your pocket. And if you need to find somebody, put your hand in the pocket, squeeze on it, 
and focus it on the person you need to see, and I'll bet you you'll be able to find them. Let's see if it works. Hmm. And when I called them up afterwards, they said, wow, that was great. We didn't lose one another once. We were always huh. able to find each other. Oh, that's, so, that's amazing. And, you know, connect with people. Crystals are a really good way to amp it up, is my opinion. Okay. So <laughs> you opened your store, and how did you get into the more metaphysical end of it? Well, let's see. There are two, a two-fold path for this. One of them is I've always had my own metaphysical practice. I've always oh, okay. done meditation, worked with the trying to rediscover and uncover the energies of the divine feminine so we can have a little more balance in the world. And through this practice, you know, which is, you know, my own personal belief, and then the rock shop and the science that goes along with it, you have to build some bridges. They have to be able to fit together. Like I, when people come into my store, and I have people who come in, whose feet probably haven't touched the ground in 20 years because <laughs> they're living in metaphysical realm. Uh-huh. So I just want them to know a little bit of science. It doesn't have to be too much. Just enough. So people's eyes glaze over because not everybody really likes to geek out for hours. And some people really <laughs> wish to use their crystals to connect with the fairy realms or do animal communication or try to work with healing people or healing their own psyche or whatever it is that people feel that they need to do what they are called to do. And I find the rocks, minerals, and crystals incredible tools and allies for this work because, as I said earlier, it makes it tangible. It makes it real. You can hold it in your hand. So that's what, and also the other half of this path is in any business, this is true. The person who is always right is the customer. And if people come in and they ask me questions like, you know, what crystals can I use to help energy of my house feel better? Then I'm going to endeavor to answer them. I'm not going to say, oh, take these crystals and it will fix everything that's wrong with you because that's <laughs> never the case. We all have to do, you know, our own work and put things into that. But when people take crystals and make a grid in their house, and as they do and as they activate it, they're saying, this will make my house feel welcoming. This will make my house feel safe. This will make my house feel like a haven for us. Then that helps you create that energy. So we do a lot of work with crystal grids and things like that. Yes. I was just going to say, you you mentioned the grid, and and not all our listeners know what a crystal grid is. Could you explain Mm -hmm. that for us, please? Sure. A grid is actually pretty simple to explain. It is placing one thing in relation to another with intent. Like when you hear people talk about the power grid, they're talking about this electrical power plant, this electrical power plant, this electrical power power plant, and they're (laughs) placing certain regions with the intent of providing power to cities, towns, and states, and they're connected with one another. Well, a crystal grid operates on that same principle. You put the crystals in a particular shape or form. You can do this in a way that is creative. You can do this in a time-tested, you know, way of here is a classic grid, and you have an intent. I'm making this grid so that I can focus on helping my daughter. I'm making this grid because 
my cat has gotten sick and I want to send my cat some energy for healing. Whatever, you, whatever your intent is, when you set the grid up and you place the crystal in a certain formation, then you have concentrated the energy. You've given yourself a focus. And you can do that in all kinds of ways. One of the modalities, you know, that we have developed is what we call crystal energy feng shui. And that means using classic Chinese feng shui principles, but using quartz crystals to shift the energy in rooms that don't have good feng shui. And that, too, is a kind of grid because you're placing the crystals with intent according to certain principles. Does that make sense? So that was... That was one of the things I did want to ask. Is there a particular crystal? And you're, you're saying quartz crystals. Is that the, You can the use most all kinds used? of crystals. So I would never limit myself with that. But the most common use of crystals in a crystal grid, particularly for the home, or if you're going to use feng shui purposes, is a quartz crystal because they are clear and can be what I would call, I mean, programming is a bad word, but because it you know, sounds like mind control. But what that really means is placing your intent forward so that the crystal can hold it. Hmm. Are, there, are there any... So there's lots of quartz crystals. Can you uh, name a few of them? Because I, the only one I really know is like rose quartz. Okay. Well, rose quartz is uh, all quartz, quartz silicon dioxide. And that's about as deep as I'll get for this. <laughs> but mm-hmm. rose quartz is usually found in a massive form. By that I mean it does not make terminated crystals. So that's why you will find rose quartz in spheres and in towers and in jewelry. But you won't find a natural point. There are a few that they found. They're quite small and they're lovely in Mexico mm-hmm. and Brazil. But rose quartz is not actually a crystal. It oh. is a massive microcrystalline form. Quartz crystals, the clear quartz, and there are several different varieties of quartz crystals. There's clear quartz, there's smoky quartz, there's citrine, and there's amethyst. And all of those crystals are quartz. But they have different minerals in them that causes them to have certain color variations. So... Those actually are the most popular crystals that we have and sell at the store. People all people just love them. And you can get these crystals, I mean, all over the world are different kinds of quartz crystals. I just put mm-hmm. up on my Facebook page today a really beautiful, I was, you know, in my store for the first time for a while because I have, I'm recovering from a broken ankle and I haven't been able to get out of my house. Oh. I have a box oh. of right. Himalayan quartz which comes from the high Himalayas. And some of these right. were, they have what they call phantoms inside. Now, do you all know what a phantom quartz is? No. Okay. What that means is, okay, the crystal is growing, and they grow in, you know, basically pockets in the earth that are filled with what, you know, the semi-saturated solution that causes the crystal, the mineral to crystallize and the crystals to grow. If another mineral is added, then that will be, makes a layer on top of the quartz crystal. And then when that mineral clears out, the quartz crystal continues to grow. So when you look at the crystal, it looks like there's another crystal inside inside it. Cool. Which is really cool. A lot mm. of people like to use the phantom crystals for tapping into your own inner strengths and inner vision. 
Mm-hmm. And they're truly beautiful. Oh, I've never heard so, of that. That is one kind of quartz crystal. And then there are what we call scepters. And I was, you know, actually the crystal that I posted was both a phantom and a scepter because the scepter means that you have a crystal that grows and then another crystal grows on top of it, which is uh-huh. really cool. And those can be used for self-mastery, in other words, ruling your own thoughts and minds instead of, you know, feeling like you're tumbling around in chaos. <laughs> and they're also just wonderful. But crystals can, can form in all kinds of different ways. They're what they call celestial crystals. And that's not a geologic name, but uh, most people have adapted it. And that, in, in Brazil, those are called jacare crystals. Jacare means crocodile because it sort of looks like the scales on a crocodile's back. They're all kinds of different faces in, uh-huh. in the crystal, and they form in really cool ways. And... People love to use those in all kinds of ways. The most probably well-known one is they're used for past life regression uh-huh. and for seeing multiple realities. So huh. those are some pretty cool crystals. Then there are what they call the earth keepers, and earth keepers are the really big ones. And they are expensive and wonderful and very powerful. I will, you know, admit to you, I like the big stuff. I mean, the little, little cute crystals, I like them too. There are none that I don't like. But well, the really big ones gonna are have to, I'm going to have to stop you right now because we're going to have to take a sure. break, but we'll come back and we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more no about problem. crystals and crystal skulls and so forth. Uh, we're talking with Sharon Britton from the High Springs Aporium. And uh, Sharon, how can people get in touch with you? They can go to our Facebook page, which is High Springs Emporium. I post a lot on there. They can go to the website just to see who we are and what we're doing. You can call us at 386-454-8657 because we love to talk about crystals and we do ship and we'll send you pictures or set up a virtual Zoom crystal shopping excursion. Okay, thank you very much. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ron and Ann, our special guest, Sharon Britton. We're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. We'll be right back after the following messages. you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about, then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. 
although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he is a paranormal scientist. Well, moustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our very special guest this evening, Sharon Britton from High Springs Emporium, talking about crystals. And we're back. Ron. Oh, my head. I didn't want to interrupt. I thought you were doing so fine. (laughs) I was done. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh, okay. There you go. Anyway, Sharon, I wanted to ask you before the break, and, and it's a question that every man will ask you, I guess. Does size matter with these crystals? <laughs> well, you know, yes. <laughs> but it's, it's, you don't need to have something that is absolutely huge. You need to know what you're doing. I like people in They're just. I love that. But. It's not quite the same thing as what <laughs> men would be worried about. Uh-huh. Big crystals have a lot of power and energy. Uh-huh. So we have a lot of things that we need to do regarding all that stuff. I have, sorry, I just had a, my grandson wanted to cut in and I had to decline him. <laughs> <laughs> so, I really like the great big crystals. They're one of my favorite things, and I have a lot of them at my store. So people can come in and absorb that energy and know that, you know, the crystals all connect with one another. So you can go and meditate with a very large crystal and then bring home one that you have with it and carry some of that energy home with you. So I, I guess I guess the, following that up is is people come into your store and, and you say the the crystals absorb their energy and so forth. What if you have people with negative energy that come into the store? Is that negative energy absorbed in the crystals as well? And and how does Let that me put impact it to you this way? I have you know of course there are people with negative energy that come around, and mm-hmm. my personal belief is that all negative energies and behaviors are based basically on fear. And generally, the person who's carrying it is unaware that it's fear. In fact, you know, some people would rather, you know, stomp on you than admit it. But the crystal, if you have, if you know what you're doing and you have the crystal and they are in harmony with one another, do you see what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. the energy is flowing. They're self-cleansing. It's not really a problem. It's never been a problem for me in my store. Hmm. You, you know, you hear you, know you hear people say, "Okay, you have to clean it, clear. Uh, you, you put them in sunlight. You, certain ones you can put in water. Others, others you can't, of course. Uh, but you know, it, it, so you're saying you really don't have to do any of that? No, I don't. And okay. here's what Just I'll curious. tell you: 
you can clean and cleanse and clear your crystals. And I always tell people when they buy a crystal for me, I keep my crystals clear. But, you, you know, if you want to do things that will make them harmonize with you and yours, here are some different uh-huh. ways you can do it. You can, like you said, use water. You can use sage or smoke. You can put the crystal on a bed of sand or sometimes salt, although you shouldn't use that with all minerals. Oh, you no, can <laughs> bury it in the earth. Again, that's not always recommended, especially for a really rare and delicate mineral specimen. You can, let's see, use your intent, which is a little bit harder because you have to be able to focus and send your energy forward into the crystal so that you can, you know, send away all the things that will not serve your intended purpose. So, Sharon, I guess, you know, people listening to this are saying, boy, I'd I'd like to learn more about, you know, how to do some of this stuff. Do you teach classes or anything? I do teach classes, and I'll be doing more online now that my ankle is better. I teach at my store. I would teach at least one class a month on all sorts of different things, and we do all Mm -hmm. sorts of things that were really fun. Because of COVID, and I live in Florida, so it's not really very safe to have a bunch of people in your store. No, at this no. particular Mm-mm. point no. in time. So those will resume, but right now, you know, it's certainly too hot to be outside. <coughs> Excuse me. So we are dealing, you know, with people coming in and working with people one-on-one. But, yes, mm-hmm. I do teach, and in the summer, usually, in fact, this time of the year, I would be up there, you know, over at Circles of Wisdom. I go up to New England every summer and teach oh. classes on working with the crystal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so you're, you're, doing, you're doing some classes, I believe, with Circles, or, or are they passed already? Yes. I'm going to do online classes with Circles. In fact, there's one tomorrow, which is on the Secrets of the Crystal Skull. And oh, no. Which, ooh, which is I want to talk about, so we definitely will be on the next topic. <laughs> it is really cool. My friend Nicholas Pearson will be teaching the class with me, and we both have many, many skulls, which... You know, we did last weekend what I call our galactic skull activation, which Ooh. is taking yeah, the skulls. Yeah, what's that? Well, here, the skulls are carved out of crystal, and they're all kinds of, all kinds of lore having to do with the skulls. Some, there's stuff everywhere you can find on the net. Some of it is oh, yeah. Looney Tunes. Some of it is really interesting. Some of it is, oh, it's all fate. So I believe, you know, people have to decide these things for themselves. Mm-hmm. But the skulls themselves do have a great deal of grandeur and power. You know, our skulls are the very last thing that decays after we pass from our physical body. It's true. We have been able to find skulls in Africa near the Great Rift that are 3 million years old that teach us about our ancestors and where we came from as a human species. Mm-hmm. Skulls have been used in cultures all over the world in many, many, many different ways. The Tibetans, who used to be quite a fierce culture before, you know, Buddha came out, used to use a skull cup. The, you know, when an enemy was killed, he was honored by creating a cup out of his skull to share his courage with everyone. There are Ooh. many different people who use skulls in that way, and a lot of people who feel like, "Ooh, this is really creepy." But the way we like to use them is to remember, you know, the skull represents an aspect, their portals into other realms of reality. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that, you know, even Stephen Hawking, before he passed, 
stated that there's far more likelihood that there are more intelligent beings out in our universe than not. And many people are connected with what we would call, you know, star beings or people from other worlds and galaxies, whatever that might mean. And it means a lot of different things to different people. So I'm not going to get into all of that there. But what we want to mm-hmm. do when we do the activation is call in the people who are advanced in consciousness and may be able to come and help us, our human selves, get the kind of consciousness we need to evolve to the next level and literally save our planet and the beings that are on it. So we call for the spirits who wish to help us to come and reside in the skull. A crystal skull can hold a whole lot of energy. It can hold those things. And it gives spirit a home. In the Mayan culture, and you maybe have heard about the Mayan skull. Oh, yes. Year uh, 2012, and there was supposed to be, you know, that was the end of the Mayan calendar. Oh, right. And so you, so you turned were, it over. Right. <laughs> there, there were 13 crystal skulls, supposedly, that were all magically carved or carved by, I mean, no one, mm. there's a lot of myth around this. So right. understand, I defer to the Mayan elders about this. And the Mayan elders basically say, yes, the skulls were there. No, you can't find out where they are. But <laughs> we, they, are, they are there to hold the energy that we need from our elders so we can move into the next level of reality. Mm-hmm. And many of those rituals were done. Some of them were done, you know, with lots of, you know, new age, shamanic practitioners on TV screens everywhere. But, you know, the real ones were done by the Mayan elders. Mm -hmm. I actually had uh, an opportunity to, uh, at Circles, by the way, to meet Poncho, which was one of the the crystal uh, skulls, supposedly. Yeah, and, uh, of course, poor Poncho uh, disappeared in a taxi cab in New York City, but that's another story. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when I... Yeah, when I... When I... uh, was there i i also purchased uh what he would do is uh the crystal skull would be be uh soaked in uh water uh for a, a period of time and then of course he was selling the water and i i purchased the bottle of that and uh, i figured if the energy in the skull then it could be transferred to the water yada yada but anyways so what i did is uh a, a friend of mine gave me one of the Dan Aykroyd uh, Crystal Skull Vodka bottles, the smaller ones. And <laughs> so cool. I, now, I now have Pacho's water in my uh, Crystal Skull. So I have uh, reincarnated Pancho in my, my Crystal Skull bottle. Perfect. Good. Because that basically is energy. You know, Pancho, from all the study and the reading that I've done, and I've seen, you know, several of the larger skulls, there are a lot of people that claim they have original Mayan skulls. Right, right, yeah. And none of them have passed the, there are no modern tool marks on it test. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I mean, you can't prove a negative by that. I mean, you can't say, and I never would, oh, that's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. I yeah, and you that. can't age it either, which is the big problem. Correct. They, you know, have not ever been able to certify that this skull is truly ancient. Uh, but the, or or it's not either way. Right. 
all the skulls that, I mean, you know, they're what you would call relative proof. By that I mean it's not absolute. Mm -hmm. If there are modern tool marks made by modern machinery, you can make a fairly decent assumption that that is a modern skull. And the skull that I have and work with is a modern skull, so I have no problem with that. Right. Okay. But see, if you look at the other side of that, Sharon, is what perhaps civilization had been advanced with modern tools prior to that one when the skulls were originally constructed. And you so know they, that may be, they may be millions of years old, but by some civilization like the Atlanteans that no longer exist or the Lemurians that no longer exist. Certainly possible. I mean, you know, I have no, you know, I have no desire to squelch any kind of, any kind of possibility. I will right. say that if one of the skulls was one of the Mayan skulls from Mexico, Pancho mm -hmm. is arguably the best candidate for that. Oh, wow. Okay. And, I never, know, I never realized uh, that. So I, you know, have not. That's not a skull that I have personally encountered. So I can't give mm -hmm. you any, you know, direct feedback for it. But yeah. the evidence, you know, from the preliminary work that was done, there did not appear to be modern tool marks. But I don't think that Pancho went through the entire barrage of laboratory testing. They did right. a bunch of work on the skulls in England to see which ones were real and which ones weren't. But, you know, I know a lot of folks who have skulls that are quite old. My friend Nicholas, who will be co-teaching our class through Circles tomorrow, has a skull he calls Lutong that is, came via Nepal. And that skull is probably about 1,500 years old. Wow. And was an artifact used by the ancient, tradition, ancient uh, uh, Nepalese. And, you know, that was really close to Tibet. Because, you know, in fact, Nepal is where the Dalai Lama now resides. Wow. So I so know. How did he get that? Well, he got it. It was a long, long story, which, you know, sign up for the workshop at <laughs> Circles, and I know you can tell it. Okay. Speak, but, speak about the, the workshop at Circles. If, you, if you're interested, and you can actually take this workshop anywhere in the world. So uh, absolutely. you can contact Circles at circlesofwisdom.com, or you can call 978-474-8010 and sign up for this class. And uh, it's tomorrow night, so uh, you can learn a lot more about the, the skulls and, and – uh, uh, what you're going to be doing with the, the workshop itself. So, all right, Karen, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But... Oh, that's okay. I'm glad you did that. You saved me the work of having to do it myself. <laughs> so, and, you know, Kathy and Bob have always been, you know, wonderful to me. And we, in fact, the first galactic skull activation I ever did was at Circles of Wisdom many years ago. Mm -hmm. When I had gotten, I'd gotten my skull, and my skull is Russian Lemurian court which is also called Sacred Scribe. And this quartz was mined in the Ural Mountains of Russia. And it's really cool because it does, it's a thermoluminescent, it will emit light under the right. Oh, place. so cool. Oh, that's neat. And in the place where it was mined, you know, the miners were quite uh, frightened because sometimes blue balls of light would come running down the mine shaft. <laughs> And they were a little worried and thinking that maybe Satan was making his presence known. And the owners of the mine said, oh, we can't have this. And they, you know, did, you know, a little meditation and 
decided, you know, renamed the mine the Blue Angel Mine. Oh, and wow. let the miners know that this was angelic energy coming down the mine shaft. Much better. And much better. And these people <laughs> were incredibly, incredibly popular. And a woman named Jane Ann Dow, who was one of the earlier, earliest crystal workers back in the 80s. And, in fact, the Dow crystals are named after her, which is, you know, another story that we could even get into later if there's time. But she called these crystals sacred scribe and says that they contain all of the Akashic records of the Earth, past, present, and future, all of the possible streams, and contains all those records for the entire universe. Holy cow. So it's pretty wonderful quartz, and I, of course, had to have some. So I'm looking for it, and you can't get it. And when you can, it's really expensive oh, because I none of it has come out of Russia for probably between 20 and 30 years. The Russians mm. won't let it out. There are all these rumors among my rock friends about, oh, there's still a batch there. We're going to get it. But it never comes out. So, <laughs> you know, the ship has sailed if you didn't get a crystal at a somewhat reasonable price 20 years ago when it was still coming into the country. Uh-huh. But my friend, who was one of my favorite vendors, when I was in Tucson, he said, you know, I just bought an old collection, and the woman had a skull collection, and one of the skulls is carved by, out of this court, Russian Lemurian court, by a carver named Raven, which, interestingly enough, I had heard of. He was from Colorado, and he mm-hmm. got a large amount of very big chunks of beautiful crystal rust, and he carved 13 skulls in honor oh. of the Mayan skull. Neat. And this was one of them. Wow. And of course, it's gorgeous. And when I went and I looked at it and I said, gosh, that's so beautiful. But, you know, I'm not really into skulls. Well, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the skull and, you know, I had friends come and look at it and it just was beautiful. And the energy was palpable, but the skull was a blank. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't hmm. a spirit residing in it. And I, you know, thought and I meditated and I agonized because it took me, what, uh, probably 10 years to pay the skull off. It was very expensive. Oh, Oh. I guess it was very expensive. Wow. But I decided I would do it. And when I got the skull and I just, you know, had it sitting out, you know, listening, working with it, seeing what, what I should do. And I got a strong, strong message that I needed to open it up to activation, to activate it, to call in the spirits that would come and help us. Because we knew that big changes were coming. You know, the energy of the divine feminine coming back to Earth, which, you know, we're seeing manifested both very positive ways and also the backlash, which is not necessarily so positive. We are noticing all the changes in our Earth and the way that we need to change the way we think about things in order to survive and thrive as a species on our beautiful planet. So we set the galactic skull activation up, and I have students through circles that I've had for a long time, and I call them to come in. And I remember trying to figure out, how am I going to grid the room? We can't let negative things in. And I think think about it, and all of a sudden I went, oh, duh, you don't have to grid the room. Just thinking about having to grid against negativity is going to call that energy in. You don't need it. This is going to be stronger than that. Hmm. So we went That's on. It's a shamanic theory. Yes. And it yeah. was 
hands down the most powerful ritual I've ever done. And you could see the energy just moving down through the portal after we opened it into the skull and all of the faces on it. And everything just lit up. And all the people in the room, and interesting enough, it was 13 women, Mm. had incredibly powerful experiences. So the skulls that were around were all also activated. And each of the skulls over the fullness of time find their own companion. I mean, I know people that have many skulls. They have big families, large groups, large grids. Mm-hmm. I know some people who, you know, stick to having one that they use. But all of them connect with one another. They connect with things that are greater than ourselves. They connect with things that are greater than strictly human experience. And you can use them, and they can use us as portals for connection to these things so we can open up so we can stretch our perception and encompass things that before we may never have even thought of. So those skulls are here to help us become more conscious and to heal. And we will be talking more about that, the history of the skulls, what many different people think, how they use them, different kinds of skulls, skulls carved out of different minerals and how they're how they work and how they're different from one another. And then we will also be offering, and right now, because I am a little on the tired side, I can't remember, it's going to be coming forward. It's on the Circles of Wisdom web- website. We'll be offering mm-hmm. virtual skull healings with the, in, within the big skull grid. And oh, wow. those are very powerful and a wonderful experience. So if anyone wants to really feel the skull. You can sign up for those two circles. I think there may be a couple of appointments left. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to Kathy about it yet. But next year, I'm hoping to bring the skulls back to circles where people can come in and have a direct experience lying in the skull grid. Well, if you come up next year, I'll definitely have to drop by and to meet you. Oh, perfect. I would love that. And it's, it's <laughs> certainly my plan. I know these are, these are the kinds of times where, you know, you make your plans and Things don't always work out the way you want them to, but you need to make them anyway. That's right. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we learn. So I'll be, you know, working with all these. Different, I mean, I have, I have many, many, many skulls in my store. Most of them are life-size. Silver is larger than life. That's my skull. It weighs 27 pounds. Can you, can you purchase these, any of these skulls uh, from your store? Uh, no. Yes. yes. And, and how could people do that? They can call me at the store, and I'll send them pictures. They can. I did. I've done some skull sales, and I'll probably do some more. I do live streams through Facebook, and we'll be working on getting our web store up and running. I like to do. I'm an old-fashioned girl, so I like to do the one-on-one kind of, you know, talk to me on the phone. We'll send you pictures. We'll work to make sure you get what you want rather than push a button, click, and we better get it out in the mail the next day. (laughs) I mean, we will get it out in the mail as soon as we can, and we'll hope the mail is still around. (laughs) (laughs) But for right now, you can buy the skulls that way. I have many of them are listed on our Facebook page, and there should be, I think, you know, you can still find on the Facebook page for the High Springs Emporium, I have the skull sale where I had many skulls out, and many of those are still available. So you're welcome oh, to call me. We have all sizes from teeny tiny. I mean, I have a little teeny tiny Moldavite skull 
and a pretty small but pretty potent meteorite skull that's really cool. Oh, oh that's cool. And that's neat. Up to great big ones. Wow. And they're in all different kinds of minerals. Amethyst, aquamarine, obsidian, epidote, of course, quartz. I have several very beautiful Brazilian Lemurian quartz skulls that are full of rainbows, and those are really wonderful and powerful. Oh, so we have all kinds of skulls. We had a, a, I had a great experience with it. We used uh, we had an investigation. I don't know if you know this enough, but I'm also a paranormal investigator. We did an investigation right. of, a, of a site called Turtle Mound, which is a, an ancient site. And uh, we brought my partner, uh, Maureen Wood, who's a transmedium, uh, brought a crystal skull with her during this investigation. And we used it to uh, communicate to, to uh, focus the energy. And, and it's some interesting results uh, on thermal imaging as, as well as on the regular camera that occurred during the ceremony. So, there, there, you know, when you think about crystals and you think about the crystal radio, what was that for you? It was used for communication. And what? so, it, you know, that's it, it's ideal device. So I have a, a personal question I would love to ask you, Sharon. Sure. And that is for over six years now, we've been doing uh, red light seances uh, uh, once a month. Would a crystal grid aid in that process? I, yes. How's that? Absolutely. <laughs> See, that's I think perfect was- answer right by the bell. <laughs> <laughs> Which means we've got to wrap it up. Uh, one other quick story. We did a seance last night. Uh, one of the people there, we, her uh, father came through, and I found out afterwards that during uh, her father, when he was alive, uh, attended a seance, and out of nowhere, a stone teleported onto his lap. Uh, so, what? yes. Yeah, crystals so I are, was... are known to do that. They slide into one dimension and come out another. Yeah, so that wow. was uh, simply uh, amazing. Uh, uh, you know, I did, we have you on the show, and, and, we, and then all of a sudden I hear about this incident. Anyways, we do have to go. Uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ian and Ron. Our special guest is Sharon Britton from High Street Emporium in High Street no, High Springs, High Springs, Florida. Yeah. And right. uh, once again, how can people reach you? They can give us a call, 386-454-8657. Go to our website, www.highspringsemporium.net, or go to our Facebook page. Okay. Oh, and awesome. you, uh, she also has some classes coming up in Circles of Wisdom online, which means you can watch them anywhere in the world. Uh, you yep. can go to the Circles of Wisdom website, which is circlesofwisdom.com, or you can call 978-474-8010 and ask about Sharon's uh, workshops. And uh, that's about it. We have to wrap it up. Uh, today's oh, show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, Nicolette, Messier Family Law Group. Sharon, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, yes, it was wonderful. Oh, well, thank you all. It was really a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you some more. I'd love to talk some more about Crystal Grid for seances at some point in time. Oh, me too. Nice. <laughs> and, you know, if you ever get up this way, uh, I'll definitely have to uh, drop by and see you. 
Right, and I absolutely will. Like I come every summer. This is the first summer I've missed in 20 years, so I'm jonesing for New England. So we've been like ships, ships in the night, passing, missing each other. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank everyone. Right. For, yeah, we want to thank everyone for listening and uh, tune in next week uh, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. Good night and God bless. Good night, everybody. Good night. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.